I'm speaking to you this morning from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. This message is really a continuation of last Sunday's message from Acts 17 on the unknown God. The Apostle Paul in that chapter had arrived at Athens, Greece, and was upset by all of the idolatry in that city, or the worship of man-made gods. And the Apostle began preaching to them the unknown God, or the true and living God, the God of the Bible. Well, here in Isaiah chapter 6, we will hear the prophet Isaiah declare this same God, the true God, and he will declare him with one word. Now, if I were to ask you to give one word which you think best describes God, what would you say? Now, again, it does not really matter what we think, but what God's word says, what God says about himself. Now, most everyone, with few exceptions, would use this one word. They would say, love. God is love. And that is what 1 John 4, verses 8 and 16, or at least part of those verses, say. And while love is a blessed part of God's person, a wonderful thing to think about, yet you cannot truly understand God if you only think of Him as love. You cannot begin to understand God if you begin with love. The love of God will not enable us to understand death, sickness, disease, calamities, disasters, judgment, hell, the cross of Christ. No, you cannot know God at all. He will be an unknown God to you unless you first understand something of his chief attribute or characteristic. Now listen carefully. The prophets of old, men who were sent by God to declare God to men and women, never stood up and declared or told anyone, God loves you. Never. The apostles of the New Testament and pastors and elders and preachers never stood up in their public preaching and told people, God loves you. Never. The book of Acts, which is all the recorded public preaching in the early church, in the book of Acts, the word love is not found one time. Does that shock you? It should not shock you if you know the true God of the Bible. What shocks me today is that I rarely hear anyone, especially preachers, speak of God in his chief characteristic or this one word which is used in the book of Acts alone nearly 50 times. To describe God. Well, let's listen to the prophet Isaiah. In verse 1 of chapter 6, he says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord 
sitting upon a throne. I saw the Lord the year this king died. <clears throat> now, King Uzziah was a powerful king whom Isaiah admired greatly. And one day the king decided he was going to offer a sacrifice to God. He, he took some incense into the holy temple, which God forbade anyone to do except the high priest. And when he did this, God smote the king with leprosy, and he died alone a leper. And Isaiah saw this and said, When that happened, I saw the Lord. I saw his essential character. I saw him as he is. In verse 1 it says he was sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. When Isaiah, Now when Isaiah says the Lord, he's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who is Lord. And he said he's sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. Most preachers today would have us think that God is walking the floor of heaven over us, that Jesus is knocking at everyone's heart's door. When Scripture says time and time again, He is seated. He is sitting down. He's sitting on a throne, reigning, ruling with the word of His power. He's seated. When you sit down, that means your work is finished. When you sit down, that means you're satisfied. And Scripture says that his feet are propped up on this world, that it's his footstool. He's not wanting, he's not wishing, but he's waiting. God is expecting his purpose to be fulfilled. God Almighty, Christ the Lord, is seated on a throne. And it says he's high and lifted up. High and lifted up. Now, he became a man once. The Lord of glory came to this earth as a lowly man once, meek and lowly, he said, but is now high and lifted up. He lowered himself once to become a man in order to die as a man for some men or some person, but he is no longer meek and lowly, but he's high and lifted up. And like Isaiah, those who know him, those who see him high and lifted up, never speak of him as simply Jesus or as that lowly, in that lowly uh, name of humanity, as merely a man. But they worship and declare him as Lord, lifted up Lord, lofty Lord. The psalm says, make mention that his name is exalted don't put his name on your bumper sticker. Don't put his name down where the exhaust fumes and the and the, uh, the blasphemy of man can use it, but exalt his holy name of Lord. And the Scripture says his train filled the temple. His glory was everywhere to be seen. And then look at verse 2. It says, Above the throne stood the seraphims, or angelic creatures, and each one, two of these Seraphims had six wings, each one. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Two wings he covered his face, as not being able to look upon this lofty Lord. With two he covered his feet in humility and modesty, and with two he did fly. And look at verse 3. It says, This is what they cried one to another. 
they declared the true God, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, or this essential character and glory of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. This, my neighbor, is the one word which best describes the God of the Bible, the true and living God, the unknown God to many. God is holy. Three times they declare this. For God is holy, the thrice holy God. God is the Holy Father. He's the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy One of Israel or the Holy Son. Listen to the psalmist David, whom God himself said of David that he was a man after his own heart. David knew God, the true God, the living God. Listen to David in Psalm 99 and count the times he says this. Psalm 99 verse 3 He says, Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. Verse 5, Exalt ye the Lord our God, and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Verse 9, Exalt the Lord our God, and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy, 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 David said. Listen to Revelation. In the Revelation, chapter 4, verse 8, listen to this. It sounds just like Isaiah's account. In verse 8 of Revelation 4, it says, The four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, the Lord is holy. God is holy, people. And if you would know and worship the true and living God, you must know him as holy. One ignorant so-called preacher in response to this said, Why, everyone knows about the moral purity of God. Well, that man revealed to me his ignorance of the holiness of God. The holiness of God is far more than moral purity. Listen to these verses. I'm about to read you some verses of Scripture. I advise you to jot them down and, and listen to them. Read them for yourself. Ask God to reveal them to you. And if He does, then and then only you will understand something of the holiness of God. Listen to Hebrews 12, verse 29. The Apostle Paul declares, Our God is a consuming fire. Fire is not only pure, but it will consume anything that gets near it. Listen to him in 1 Timothy 6, verse 16, speaking of the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Listen to this. He says, He dwelleth in light which no man can approach unto whom no man hath seen nor can see. I don't care what these uh, people say when they say they've died and, and seen a light and they were drawn to it and so forth. They're lying because the Bible says different concerning God. In Job 25, verses 5 and 6, listen to this. Job 25, 
verses 5 and 6 declare the stars are not pure in God's sight. How much less man that is a worm. God is holy. Now, someone may say this or ask this, what is the point in all this, preacher? What is the point in what you're saying here? The point is God's glory. That is the whole point in everything. The whole reason this world exists. The whole reason the Bible was written. The primary reason, that is. The primary reason or purpose in preaching is to glorify God. To declare who He is. And this is what is missing in present day preaching. The holiness of God. God's glory. And consequently, if this is missing, then something else is missing. The fear of the Lord. Paul said in Romans 3.18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Speaking of the natural man, no fear. Why, that's even a popular present-day slogan, isn't it? That people wear up on T-shirts, no fear. Well, that accurately describes those who do not know God. No fear. They used to say of people that knew God, they called them God-fearing people. Well, listen to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. Listen to him after he sees this God. Listen to what he says in verse 5. He says, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When he saw the holy God, he feared him. He confessed his own sin. And then, and then only, God told him the gospel. And later on, in chapter 53, he declares Christ crucified. I urge everyone who hears this to search these scriptures I'm about to give you. This one scripture. To look it up and go learn what it means. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. If you would like to receive this message on cassette tape, write to us and we will send it to you free of charge. Till next Sunday, good day.